This is Nick Wright with Zachary Fillingham, Managing Editor of GeopoliticalMonitor.com. And today we're going to talk about the Turkey local election uh, recap, uh, Turkey local elections and what's going on in Turkey politically and why it's important both for Turkey and the region. Uh, so Zach, perhaps you could start by telling us a little bit about this election and why it's so important. Okay, so basically this election is for municipalities and local governments across Turkey. Um, it's it's less important, obviously, than the referendum that passed two years ago and the presidential elections. Both of those uh, both of those votes sort of entrenched President Erdogan and his um, Justice and Development Party, or AKP, uh, their power at the, the highest level of Turkish politics. And it's going to remain that way for a long time, at least four years until the next um, national elections. But these local elections are still important uh, in two two main ways. First of all, we're at a time right now where Turkey is suffering from uh, uh, a variety of economic problems. So there's something to read into the election results in terms of uh, future economic policy uh, from the top. And more importantly, um, they are an indication as to where the political winds are blowing in Turkey. Obviously, the AKP has ruled the country uh, since 2003. And from then until now, the, the, the state of the political opposition in Turkey has been um, moribund, to say the least. It's very, very um, like fractured and ineffective. So the AKP and President Erdogan have basically had a free hand for over a decade, well over a decade now, to institute their own um, policy program. And it's been a pretty ambitious policy program. Obviously, it has, um, it has included... Uh, the kind of redef redefinition of Turkish society more along the lines of political Islam that is uh, part of the AKP's uh, support base. And also, as we know, it has included a lot of economic success in terms of uh, economic and fiscal policy, uh, more so at the starting, at, at the front end of the AKP rule. Uh, more recently, it has been not so smooth sailing on the, the economic front. We're going to get into that a bit later. Um, so, so when you look at these local elections, you view them through the lens of what it means for this this AKP domination at the top of Turkey Turkish politics, and whether there are signs to be gleaned that this situation might be changing. Obviously, the AKP has been in power for a long time, and with that in that time. It has, um, and this is a trend that's going on in, in many sort of democracies around the world, um, uh, Hungary and Russia, just two, two examples, where you have a dominant party that's, that's subtly changing the institutional rules to, to entrench itself in power. Um, and it might do that through everything from controlling public media to controlling private media to developing sort of indirect um, indirect links and uh, uh, sim uh, symbiosis <laughs> with uh, with major private media providers. Um, so, and also basically um, uh, staffing all of civil society with party sympathizers. Right, a big a big uh, event was the the coup um, a couple years ago in Turkey, <clears throat> which gave the the government <clears throat> the perfect pretense to basically purge. Uh, opposition from the civil service, and the civil service has has since been staffed with uh, with loyal subjects, you know, uh, AKPers. So you have all of these um, 
all of these situations unfolding. Now you have the local elections and and how people view the local elections is, can the opposition pull it together? Especially given um, recent economic headwinds, uh, the Turkish economy seems to be swinging, uh, seems to be swinging towards a downturn, particularly over the past six months. So there is a bit of an, there is a bit of a sense that if not now, then when? And um, so with all that in mind, um, yes, uh, I will talk a bit about the election results. Uh, and to give some context, Zach, can you talk a little bit about the AKP, um, what kind of party it is, what sort of policies they advance? what its history has been uh, governing in Turkey? Well, the AKP has been, obviously, Turkey is a, um, a secular state since its founding. Um, as its sort of founding ideology is on secularism, but it is a Muslim country as well. So broadly speaking, you can say the AKP was a, a combination of, of making Islam politically palatable within the confines of that formative secularism, right? So... Obviously, there's a lot of people in Turkey who are devout, um, you know, devout Muslims, and they they believe in their religion. They believe their religion should have some sort of elaboration on the political level, and uh, President Erdogan has been able to to sort of bend those rules without breaking them. Um, the conventional opposition party is the Republicans, Republican People's Party. They're the ones that have been in shambles for the last decade. They are conventionally regarded as the the sort of the secular power block, right? And so you have, over the course of Turkish history, you also have a series of, of military coups where the military will sort of step in as a check against the rise of uh, political Islam. Um, you might have seen that in an abortive sense a couple, a couple of years ago. Obviously, we know they were not um, successful in their coup. Um, so you, I, I would say that, like the sort of rise of palatable political Islam combined with really effective, I mean, in the early phase of AKP, AKP rule, very effective economic reforms that paid off in robust economic growth uh, in the basically decade and a half after two, 2003. So that's a good segue into Turkey's current economic situation. Uh, what's happened economically in Turkey and where does it currently stand? Okay, well, so Turkey, um, the present economic situation is kind of like a laundry list of negative metrics. Um, Broadly speaking, it's caused by, there are sort of headwinds um, right now in, in many emerging markets. Uh, there are, Turkey is obviously a net importer of oil and um, the, the strength of the US dollar and all these things that many uh, emerging markets are struggling with right now. But there is also a policy element to Turkey's problems. Basically, in the lead up to those two major votes I, I discussed before on the national level, the constitutional referendum and the presidential elections, uh, President Erdogan was extremely uh, uh, concerned with basically um, making sure that the Turkish economy was still humming, right? He was trying to head off uh, any, any sort of indication of recession that could, that could uh, negatively impact the result of those votes. So in a tangible sense, that translated into a lot of stimulus spending. So that stimulus spending produced a lot of debt, and now there's a lot of non-performing loans within the Turkish financial system, and on the sovereign level, the um, the government is on the hook to pay a lot of debt back. Um, just over the next year, it needs to pay 177 billion worth of external debt. 
So um, just a, a couple items of that laundry list. Right now, inflation in Turkey is hovering around 20%. Uh, unemployment's on the increase. Uh, it hit 13.5% in December, up from 9.7% in March 2018. Uh, I mean, starkly, GDP per capita dropped from around 10,600 in 2017 to 9,600 in 2018. So obviously, that's a, that's a substantial drop. Um, and the lira has been basically fluctuating wildly over the last year. Broadly, it's dropped about 30% against the US dollar um, over the past year. So all of these broad, like these are serious problems, right? And, um, <clears throat> and we probably saw these, these economic concerns um, manifest in the results of the local elections. And um, the economic situation and the political situation, what impact have they been having on relations uh, in the region, including a European Union member countries? Um, I think it has it has the effect of basically um, hamstringing President Erdogan's program, which was kind of to um, turn a bit away from convention well, yeah, conventional Western allies like uh, the European Union and uh, the United States and try to diversify Turkey's foreign policy portfolio. Um, Pre-Erdogan and early Erdogan, Turkey's uh, foreign policy was, quote unquote, make no enemies. Um, and so basically it was trying to not make any waves in the in the region, not take any major stances that could jeopardize uh, relations with um, key stakeholders, anything like that. And as we know, the last couple of years, there have been a far there has been a far more assertive Turkish foreign policy, a far more like picking sides Turkish foreign policy, basically on all fronts, everything from Syria to to NATO uh, v Russia and Israel as well becoming actively involved in the Qatar crisis, like basically much more um, active player in, in regional geopolitics. And uh, so to come back to the economic situation, how this might impact the geopolitics, um, basically, if the Turkish economy starts to head towards a crash, um, well, not I, like I don't want to say crashes in like absolute, you know, chaos or anything, but if and when it's, it's looking increasingly likely that Turkey needs some sort of international debt relief from the IMF or whatever, um, they're going to need to sort of mend some fences with uh, the, the, the sort of Western pole of the international community. And, um, you know, like, for example, obviously there was a lot of friction between Turkey and Germany are in and around the constitutional referendum. There was a lot of, I don't know if you remember, some accusations of Nazism coming from the Turkish side. And, um, you know, Turkey's uh, uh, potential membership to the European Union has been a constant thorn in, in the side of its own domestic politics uh, and, and uh, relations with the EU. But on the other hand, sometimes you get news coming out from the uh, European Bank of Reconstruction that they're, and this is relatively recent, that they're going to buy, um, they're willing to buy non-performing loans in the Turkish financial system. Um, so, so obviously, basically, Turkey needs its allies in the West, and, and it will need them more if, um, a, as the economic situation deteriorates. Um, so I would say that that is the, the sort of primary geopolitical thrust of all this. So coming back to the local elections, what's the current state of the elections? What was the result? Uh, and 
Uh, we know from the article on the website, uh, Turkey Local Election Recap, that there's some recounts going on. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I think there are, there are two big takeaways from the election. First, uh, first of all, the AKP re- remains incredibly popular. I think that that's something that's overlooked in a lot of the mainstream media coverage that kind of uh, tends towards, like, uh, I guess, championing the opposition cause. Um so the AKP broadly still hugely popular, still took uh, a lot of mayorships and a lot of um, a lot of the key offices across the country. Broadly took in, I think, over fifty percent, just maybe fifty-one percent of the vote or something like that. So the AKP is not going anywhere. That's one takeaway. And the second takeaway is that the opposition seems to be pulling it together in a limited sense. They had they took some key cities, um, notably uh, Ankara, the capital, Istanbul, the commercial hub and the third largest city of Izmir. Well, I shouldn't say they took it. They seem to have taken it. Um, They're ahead in Ankara by 4%. Uh, Izmir is already done, so they have that one. And Istanbul is the subject to an ongoing recount. And uh, I think at last count, the CHP is ahead by about 18,000 votes. Um, So this will be interesting to watch. Um, Like, um, the AKP... um, initially demanded a recount, but now, uh, as the recount still has the CHP ahead, I'm talking about Istanbul, uh, their, their strategy is evolving. Now Now they're saying that uh, the results, certain AKP officials are saying that the results should be annulled due to, um, quote-unquote, illegal voter registrations. So here you see, and this is another important legacy of these local elections, right? AKP's had it good for so long, how do they accept how do they accept um, losing, right? They haven't lost much. In fact, I don't think they've lost really... They had a dip around 2014, but they haven't uh, They haven't really suffered a major defeat since 2003. So how do they accept this defeat? And given their sort of institutional strength within the Turkish system, do they use that um, their preeminent position to basically win at all costs? Like, are, are they going to accept the ultimate result of the uh, recount, or will they use their, you know, maybe connections within the uh, the various, and this is just speculation, but uh, within the various uh, election boards, their election, like the national, provincial, uh, municipal, um, you know, to try to basically take take the election. Oh, and also one other, one other thing on that, I mean, like the AKP is also incredibly, uh, uh, like it's, it has this populist wing and incredible ability to mobilize its its followers. So it could also it could also stage a, a sort of impromptu populist challenge to the results as well outside of institutions. So we could see something like that as well. So looking ahead, um, it'll be very interesting to see what the AKP does about um, this ongoing Istanbul recount. Uh, interesting. Uh, Zakin, is there anything else that you'd like to add about what we should be paying attention to in the weeks to come? Okay, yeah, I think um, I think that given, okay, so like um, over the short term, we can be looking at the recount process and how that plays out within uh, Turkey's democracy. And then <clears throat> another short to medium term consideration would be U.S.-Turkey relations. Obviously, there's a there's been a bit of a downturn over the past few years, and uh, basically over Syria, the fate of the Syrian Kurds, and now we see this purchase of uh, 
of Russian S-300 or S-400, I cannot remember, uh, missiles, which is really ruffling the feathers of the Trump administration and creating a new source of friction. Uh, Most recently, the Americans uh, halted the delivery of F-35 parts. So that's basically sending a message to Ankara that uh, their their, um, dalliance with Russian weapons is going to have repercussions with uh, or toward their conventional uh, military relationship with the United States. So that that's going to be important to watch, mainly because of what I alluded to before. It could have economic repercussions in in Washington's willingness to essentially bail out Turkey if it comes to that. Another important thing to look out for will be ratings agencies. Um, Because of Turkey's reliance on external debt uh, or on external financing to pay off its debt over the next year in particular, any any hits by the rating agencies is going to severely impact uh, Ankara's ability to raise the money it needs to pay off its debts. So um, there, like most recent, and and this obviously has uh, a political dimension as well, right? Because if, um, for example, there's some sort of protracted political conflict or crisis, this will impact the um, calculations of the rating agencies. And then once the rating agencies uh, downgrade Turkish debt, the yields go up, the cost of financing goes up, et cetera, et cetera. So it's all a chain reaction. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch the ratings agencies, how they how they quantify um, Ankara's ability to, to keep paying its bills and whether or not it can turn around its economic situation as a whole. Interesting. Well, thank you so much, Zach. And to our listeners, you can read the full article on our website, geopoliticalmonitor.com. And the article's title is Turkey Local Election Recap. Uh, So thanks again, Zach, and thank you to our listeners. And looking forward to next time. Talk to you then. 